Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. I am from Cleveland, Ohio. And when somebody says, where are you from? I say, Cleveland, Ohio. Usually I say the mistake on the lake or I say, burn on Big River. Okay? Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Okay, look, now we're recording this show earlier. 5-3 is when we're doing it, May 3rd. But it's going to air later on. We just like to have shows in the queue. So by now, we're halfway through May, and the walls could start to be tumbling down any time at this point. I, we're already going back to restaurants here on the the third of May. We, oh. we went out last night to a Mexican dinner. Thank you. It was so good. They could have served me a pile of dirt and dead moths. You know what they did? Do? And I would have eaten it. They gave you booze, is what they did. They gave me two That's margaritas. Right. They threw a second one at you. Here, I didn't pay for that. You're not driving. Take this. So by this point in time, it could all be going terribly bad, or it could be going wonderfully. Or, you know, the president or your governor could very well say, you know, get back in the house. Get back in the I'm house. I'm not going in. <laughs> I'm not going back. The reason I'm, I'm mentioning that is because the topic today is all about what are known as disaster songs. Every time some kind of a major disaster happens, and disaster I'm using really you know, loosely? Uh, loosely, uh-huh. yes. Uh, you would consider this a disaster. A whole lot of people have died. I mean, we can call it an epidemic or a pandemic, but the overriding general term, this is a disaster. Uh-huh. So what you have are a series of songs that have all been written about disasters. And usually when you say a disaster song, the one that at least pops to my mind is the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this terrible disaster. All these people had died, 29 people. And the only reason I know that was because the church bell chimed till it rang 29 times for each man on the Edmund Fitzgerald. But this COVID has created a ton of music. As a matter of fact, if you go to Spotify, there is an entire playlist that is only songs that were you know, for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of them. And I listen to them. Most of them are... Okay. Not great, They're huh? all right. They're all right. But there are some gems stuck in there. Really? So we're not going to talk about COVID the whole time, but we'll start with it because I ran into this one by a fellow named Jason Penna, and I like it. It's called Patient Zero or Coronavirus Patient Zero. And we'll come back. We'll talk about other disasters and the songs that uh, came out of them or the song you thought wasn't real but actually was and such. So disaster songs here today. But here's Jason Penna, Coronavirus Patient Zero here on Rock School. 25 days it's setting in. Cases seem to be exploding. 
They said to stay indoors and stay away I look outside the streets all empty A ghost town Mohan is starving They can't control the virus in our veins Our patient's zero yeah, well, where are you, patient zero? Well, we need you, patient zero. What did you, patient zero? We need a cure from you, quarantine for fourteen days and. Left or left my apartment. How do I know I'll be okay? I hear the screams they say keep going. Not sure I have the strength left. This coronavirus is taking my brain. Zero. Yeah, but where are you? Patient zero. Well, we need you. Patient zero. What affected you? Patient zero. We need a cure from you. disasters songs today and by the way we might play it a little bit later on i didn't play it this time because we had played a rolling stones tune uh, i think two shows ago but the rolling stones released a song called living in a ghost town Mm -hmm. it was not written for the covid19 it just hadn't been released and really blatantly you looked at it and went yeah that's a covid19 song so you know karma if you will a little bit of kismet the idea of a 
disaster song. I'll just give you a few of them. There's one called Ohio Prison Fire by Bob Miller. And what it was, April 21, 1930, a major fire killed 322 inmates and hospitalized another 200 in one of the Ohio prisons. Just that. There's another one called The Ballad of the Triangle Shirtwaist. That's right, Shirtwaist Fire. That sounded weird coming out of my mouth. By the way, a shirtwaist is a blouse. Mm -hmm. That was an old-timey term for a blouse. It's by a woman named Bev Grant in 2002. The Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire was in Greenwich Village, Manhattan, 1911, and was the deadliest industrial disaster in the history of the city, and to this day... Mm -hmm is one of the highest number of workers that are killed in an industrial accident. I've, but, I've seen a uh, documentary on that. Oh, it's horrifying. It's awful. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they locked up the doors so people couldn't get out right. and go take their breaks and go take their smoke breaks and, and such like that. But what are we going to play? Try to keep the show light. I am from Cleveland, Ohio. And when somebody says, where are you from? I say, Cleveland, Ohio. Usually I say the mistake on the lake or I say, burn on Big River. <laughs> Okay. Do you know why I say burn on yeah, Big River? Yeah, the song that was written. Right. But do you know what river caught fire? Uh, no, it's not the Monongahela. That's what you're trying to say. No, uh, <laughs> it was the Cuyahoga River. Oh, that one. That's right. I love how people here in Louisiana are like, things are very tough to you know pronounce around here. Yeah, come with me. We have the Monongahela. We have the Cuyahoga right here. Uh-huh. It's a couple of those cities in Shemokin. Goodness, it didn't spelled that way. The Cuyahoga River Fire of 1969 near the Republic Steel Mill caused about $100,000 worth of damage and took down a railroad bridge. Dang. That's a bit of a problem. Woo. To which you say, okay, what burned? The Cuyahoga River was so inundated with trash and pollution it was floating on top it was oil it was rags it was growth and all it needed was a spark and the darn river burnt you were you guys were dirty up there here is the more interesting part the only reason anybody knows about that time that the river exploded yeah. burned was because of time magazine however the cuyahoga has caught on fire multiple times. Uh-huh. That just happened to be the one that Time Magazine covered. Right. T- but they in, took pictures. In reality, that river, before we in the city decided, you know, we should clean this up. Everybody uh-huh. get a trash bag. It, it had caught fire multiple times. It was just cheaper for industry to not clean it up. My because if you, if you stop for a few days, it went away. It, it, went on, it went on to other places. So here's Randy Newman from 1972. Burn on. Burn on, big river. Oh, you Cuyahoga. Here on Rock School. There's a red moon rising on the Cuyahoga River. Rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There's a red On the Cuyahoga River But the Lord can't make you burn Burn on, big river Burn on Burn on, big river Burn on 
There's Randy Newman, Burn On Big River, a ode to my hometown, which we call Don't Drink the Water. Ooh. Or Cleveland, one of the two. Either one of them looks good on a business card. He also, he, Randy Newman, also has a song called Louisiana 1927. It's a song from his album Good Old Boys. It's a story of the Great Mississippi Flood of 1927, which left like three quarters of a million people without homes. That one you may not know, but I'll make you a bet, you in the audience, and you Mm -hmm. probably know the Memphis mini song, When the Levee Breaks. It's about the same 1927 flood. And even then, you might not know the Memphis mini version, but I'll bet you know the Led Zeppelin version. Yeah, that's what I was thinking in right. my head. Same same song? That's Yes, it's the same song. Now, obviously, um, it's been rocked up right. a little bit. It's not Memphis mini on an acoustic guitar. Yeah. But the fact still remains, it is that story of the 1927 flood. When the levee breaks. Wow. You bet. All right, let's talk about Harry Chapin. A lot of people know him for Taxi and Sequel, which is literally a sequel to the song Taxi, and also his monstrous hit, The Cats in the Cradle. But he has another song that if you're at all a fan of Harry Chapin, you've probably heard it. And there's a live version of it that's that's really good because he starts singing faster and faster and faster. It's called 30,000 Pounds of Bananas. Uh-huh. And it's the story of a truck that loses its air. Now, if, if you're from an area where there's hills and uh-huh. such, and you and I were in Pennsylvania for a while, when you come down a hill, there's all these sort of was it dirt and rock and sand and barrels of water that sort of go off to the right and people who aren't used to them will look at that and go what is that that's in case a truck loses its brakes it can bury itself into that and not kill everybody and i had to ask you many times what is that that thing there? that's so a truck can bury itself because it, it literally will just come down and keep gaining speed and it'll come to either the point where it comes into the town at the bottom of the hill, or it can't make one of the turns yeah. and goes right off the edge. So yes. they make these things, and there's a name for them that escapes me, but you're to bury yourself inside of it. Mm-hmm. Coming down the hill, March 18th, 1965, a 33-year-old truck driver named Eugene P. Seski was driving into Scranton, Pennsylvania. I get it. Scranton, the, the paper company in the office... But Scranton is way up in the hills. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those places you go for a Sunday drive and all you can do is is count the number of dead deer. And I know that sounds like I'm making a dumb joke, but am I right? You're true. Yeah, there's dead deer all over the place. He was bringing a load of bananas into Scranton, Pennsylvania and lost his air, which means his brakes wouldn't work. It's said that he's a hero and solved a lot of problems a lot of quick. So when he got to the the town of Scranton, Pennsylvania, he flipped the truck. So instead of driving through all the people, wow. he turned the wheel real hard, flipped the truck. And what that did was throw all the bananas all over the place. And he loses his life in the process. Oh, my God. That's the real story behind Chapin's 30,000 pounds of bananas. Wow. Here you go on Rock School. Just after dark when the truck started down The hill that leads into Scranton, Pennsylvania Carrying 30,000 pounds Of bananas Carrying 30,000 
Brown's headed Big John of Banana. He was a young driver, just out on his second job, and he was carrying the next day's pasty fruit for everyone in that cold, scarred city where children played without despair. Sure must have been something Just imagine 30,000 pounds Of bananas Yes, there were 30,000 pounds Of mashed bananas Of bananas Of bananas all right coming into the first break obviously you and obviously the audience remembers 911 and there were songs that came out of it. But the one that sticks in Joe's brain, my mm-hmm. brain, is the song by Neil Young, Let's Roll. It's an odd phrase, and right. he was able to turn it into a song. As we're talking, you know, disaster songs here on the show today. It was said by a guy named Todd Beamer, obviously September 11th, 2001. He was on the hijacked United Airlines Flight 93. It's the one that goes down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And there's all this discussion. It was meant for the Capitol. It was meant for the White House. It was meant for the Washington Monument. It was meant for, you know, pick it. Pick it. Because yep. it was on the way. And we had already had one hit in the Pentagon. I say that. Did the did the one hit the Pentagon previous to Shanksville? I believe it did. I think so. But I want to check that during the break. He, Beamer, called to talk to his wife, ran into a supervisor, and obviously this was all being recorded. Mm-hmm. And he told them that the pilot, the co-pilot, had been forced into the cockpit. There were hijackers, and they had already killed one person, and that he and another group of people on the airplane, there was a guy there that had flight experience, small craft, but at least he had been in the air right. with the thing in his hand. And when... He, Beamer, and the group sort of decided it's time. The last things he said was, are you ready? Okay, let's roll. Yep. And so that let's roll became kind of a rallying cry for people who wanted to do good things in the face of adversity. Who is listening to us here on the Rock School Radio Show? KXTR, KTRL, Tarleton University. AMFM, ladies and gentlemen, back in a minute here on Rock School. we 
Okay, coming out of the break, Tammy, I'm going to throw a date at you. Uh-oh. You should, you specifically should know, I specifically should know this date because we went through it. Ready? August 23, 2005. What was that? 2005. Our son was oh, 10 months. Hurricane Katrina. Katrina, right. We had an infant. Mm-hmm. So this thing, this monster is swirling around us and we're trying to put down an infant for a nap. And we read in because we read every parenting book in the world. And <laughs> what you say means nothing. It's how you say it in your demeanor and what you do. So we're putting this child down while there's 97 mile an hour winds outside. Got to take a nap, little guy. And in my brain, I'm going, don't kill us. Don't kill us. Don't kill us. <laughs> that produced a lot of music. Do any songs jump to your brain mm. from Katrina? Because I'm going to hit one real quick and hit you'll me. know it. Hit me. The Saints are coming. The Saints are coming. Yes. Yes. Yep. That one was huge. That was Green Day and U2. Uh, obviously, it benefited musicians who lost their instruments. And there's that real famous picture of Fats Domino's piano yep. from his home in, I think it was the Ninth Ward or the mm-hmm. Seventh Ward. Mm-hmm. And this gorgeous old piano that had composed goodness knows how many songs was, you know, laid bare. Yep. The one I want to play for you, though, when we moved here, we immediately, almost immediately, went to a uh, a Saints game, mm-hmm. and at the halftime show, this is back when the Saints really were terrible. Right. I mean, we were just days out of wearing paper bags on the head, but the the Saints had as a halftime show this band called Cowboy Mouth. Yeah. And the lead singer was this heavy set guy who played drums barefoot, and I kind of shook my head, going. Who are these guys? Right. And they play about five songs. The next thing I know, I'm dragging you to Peach's record store downtown. I bought everything that, you know, they had, downloaded what I could. They have a song called Home that for some reason, you know how sometimes things are on the same brain cell? Right. When I think of Katrina, I think of the song by Cowboy Mouth called Home. And so that's the one I'm going to play for that disaster here on Rock School. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Did you know smoke on the water mm-hmm. was an actual incident? 
It's pretty easy to take smoke on the water and set it into these disaster songs. Happened on the 4th of December, 1971. Deep Purple was in Montreux, Switzerland at the Montreux Casino. They had brought what they called a mobile, which this is mobile truck, so they could record and just sort of take it to where they needed to go. And that night they went to go see Frank Zappa and some idiot with a flare gun or a firework or something like that shot it. It caught whatever on fire, Mm -hmm. and it literally burned the casino to the ground. And because of the cold and such, all of the smoke and fog stayed low. Thus it was smoke Smoke on the water. water. That's it. All right, let's do seven days, 70 seconds, May 18th all the way through May 24. You got Monday, Tammy. Do it. May 18th, 1980, Peter Chris officially leaves Kiss. He will be replaced with Eric Carr. May 19th, 1962, Marilyn Monroe sings Happy Birthday, Mr. President, to President Kennedy. And by the way, Jack is 45. May 20th, 1954, Rock Around the Clock is released and dies on the charts. A year later, it appears in the movie The Blackboard Jungle and shoots to number one. May 21, 1992, Bette Midler is Johnny Carson's last guest on The Tonight Show. I watched that. My father was a Tonight Show freak. Yep. Was one of those, shut up, we're watching The Tonight Show. Yeah. And and why are you up anyway at 1130? Amen. Mm -hmm. May 22nd, 2017, minutes after the Arianda Grande concert in Manchester, UK, a bomb is set off, killing 22 people. May 23, 1969, we all meet the deaf, dumb, and blind kid as Tommy is released. And then May 24, 1991, Madonna's documentary, Truth or Dare, is released into theaters. And we all, my takeaway from it was, does she really have a relationship with Warren Beatty? Really? All right, got to play something. As, as I've said, I think I said this earlier in the show, we always record these shows a little bit early. So if some massive thing happens, oftentimes we're not sort of right on top of it. Today is May, th- pardon me, May 3rd. So today, May 3rd, is the day before the anniversary of this disaster. May 4th, 1970, on the campus of Kent State University... People are shot and killed. How many? Well, there were four dead in Ohio because Nixon sent along the National Guard. You know the story from the song Ohio by Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And when he says tin soldiers and Nixon's coming, absolutely no question. He's talking about the Ohio National Guardsmen shooting students at Kent State. And it sounds like this.
right, we have time to play one more quick song before the second break. Do you know the Boomtown Rats song, I Don't Like Mondays? I do. You know, do you know what I it's about? I don't like Mondays. Right. Yeah. Do you know what it's about? Please tell me. It seems like it's just an anthem of the working man. Uh-huh. I hate Mondays. Right. When that's absolutely not true. A woman named Brenda Ann Spencer fired at children in a school playground at Grover Cleveland Elementary School in San Diego, California, January 29, 1979. She killed two adults and injured eight children and one police officer. She was captured, right, showed absolutely no remorse. Her explanation for her actions, what she did, was, I don't like Mondays, and this livened up my day. That's what she said. Yeah, don't date crazy. Oh, mercy. Boomtown Rats on Rock School. Coming into the second break, uh, mining disasters apparently get a lot of songs written about them. Right. The New York mining disaster of 1941. I know it says New York, and it it was the first single by the Bee Gees, written by Barry and Robin. It was back in uh, April 1967. Even though it's the New York mining disaster, more than likely it's based on 1966's coal that tumbled down a mountainside onto a village called Aberfan, South Wales, demolishing an elementary school and several houses. Why do I say that? Well, because it happened less than a year previously. And when they're asked, they, the Gibb brothers, when they're Mm -hmm. asked why they wrote it, it's because where they were writing was in this stairwell and it sounded like they were inside of a coal mine. And since this happened less than 12 months previous, it would only make logical sense that that's what they based it on. Does that make sense? No. The Dubliners also have the Spring Hill Mine Disaster. Spring Hill Mine Disaster is not one disaster. It's three different disasters of the Canadian Coal Mining Company that occurred in 1891, 1956, and 1958 in three different mines in Springfield's Coalfield area near the town of Springfield in Cumberland County, Nova Scotia. And 
Gene Ritchie has a song called West Virginia Mine Disaster, which is based on the Farmington Mine Disaster of 1968, November 20th, to be uh, frank and exact. It's a disaster that occurred and took the media by storm and changed mining laws in the United States. At 5.30 a.m., an explosion occurred at Console Number no. 9 Coal Mine in Farmington, West Virginia. 19 miners were inside, and the explosion explosion shook the town of the 99 only 21 were able to escape wow so there's three from what was that five mining disasters yeah. who's listening to us on the rock school show kwit and koji sioux city iowa fantastic see you in a minute here on rock school Okay, coming out of the break, it is arguable that the George Harrison song Bangladesh is the first charity single ever. Is it? It depends on what you consider charity and you could get into arguments. But for the sake of this break, let's pretend it's one of the earliest of the charity singles. Harrison, along with Ravi Shankar, who is a sitar player, decided to hold this fundraiser and this song was written for. It was back in 1971. Bangladesh is about the 1970 Bola Cyclone and the Bangladesh Liberation War. The Bola Cyclone is widely regarded to be the most deadly weather disaster of all time. It took the lives of over a half a million people in East Pakistan, now Bangladesh and displaced, you know, countless wow. more. So if you've ever seen the three albums set or you've heard the song Bangladesh or if mm-hmm. a friend of yours is a Beatles fan and you're like, what's so big about Bangladesh? Now, you know, that's what it was for. And here's George Harrison on Rock School.
Last break here on the Disasters Songs show. This is the one I talked about in the very first break. If someone says to you, name a song that was written about a disaster, at least me, the first one that popped into my head was The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Right, me and too. It, it could very well be it's because I'm from Cleveland. No. the You don't think so? You think just about everybody would come up with that? Well, because it, it had so much airtime. It did. It was very popular, which was odd at the time. It was the same thing as American pie it's this eight and a half minute ode no way this is going to get airtime if you're going to have a hit you got to make it quick right so they say but every so often you know bohemian rhapsody no one's going to listen to a song for that long but then again it's it just has to hit at the right time Okay, so what is the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? The Edmund Fitzgerald was a sort of a tanker ship that went around the Great Lakes. As a matter of fact, it was leaving uh, from Wisconsin and was on its way to Cleveland. It was carrying iron ore. What happened was this massive storm whirled up. And you think to yourself, well, the you know, Great Lakes, they're lakes. How about these storms? Once you get on these lakes, there's nothing to stop them. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Cleveland, you could watch the clouds coming from Canada uh-huh. rolling across the lake. Right. And there was nothing to stop them. It's right. a lake. And then when it hit the heat of Cleveland, uh-huh. it would roll over and then would dump snow. You could just see the beast coming at you. And you're just standing there in your dumb boots holding a shovel. I'm never going to defeat this. You know? But anyway, this, this tanker was out November 10th, 1975, and it gets caught. It's it you. It says in the song, uh, the searchers all say they'd have made Whitefish Bay if they'd yep. put 15 more miles behind them. You know, right. if 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 the dog hadn't stopped, wouldn't have been hit by the car. All that kind of stuff. Oh, but it. The question still, because they found it. I mean, there's lots of pictures of it underwater. Right. Why did it go down? It it could be that water came over the bow and it flooded. It could be that in the song it says broke deep and took water, which means all the way down hit the floor of, of Lake Superior because yep. that's where it was, Lake Superior, which, by the way, is the lake they call Gitchagumi. It When you hit it, it came back up and it had a hole in it. Mm-hmm. So it just filled and went right down to the bottom. But nobody's overtly sure. It's all just simple theories. So... Where did he, Gordon Lightfoot, get all this information? Did he research it? Probably, but he himself states the vast majority of it comes from a Newsweek magazine article called The Cruelest Month, which published November 24th, 1975. So the one that pounds into my head is not yet quite coronavirus. Yep. But if you had to immediately say to me, name a disaster song, I would say The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And that wraps it up. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. And I hope you go through not another disaster like this for a good long time. That's it. Class is dismissed. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down of the big lake they call Gitchagumi. The lake, it is said, never gives up her dead when the skies of November turn gloomy. With a load of iron ore, 26,000 tons more than the Edmund Fitzgerald weighed empty. That good ship and true was a bone to be chewed when the gales of November came early. The 
ship was the pride of the American side Coming back from some mill in Wisconsin As the big freighters go, it was bigger than most With a crew and good captain well seasoned Concluding some terms with a couple of steel firms When they left fully loaded for Cleveland Then later that night when the ship's bell rang Could it be the north wind they'd been feeling? The wind and the wires made a tattletale sound And the wave broke over the railing And every man knew as the captain did Was the witch of November come stealing? The dawn came late and the breakfast had to wait When the gales of November came slashing When afternoon came it was freezing rain In the face of a hurricane west wind Saying, fellas, it's too rough to feed you At 7 p.m. a main hatchway gave in He said, fellas, it's been good to know you The captain wired in, he had water coming in And the good ship and crew was in peril And later that night when his lights went out of sight Came the wreck of the 